the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Get you to retirement. Let's talk money. Let's talk finance. Let's talk insurance. Let's have some fun with it. Speaking of fun, Mr. Fun himself, he puts the fun back into CFP. CFP Chad Burton. You can hear him Mondays and Tuesdays from 2 to 3 here on KDRW AM 1220, as well as on podcasts around the nation through Apple iTunes. How are you, Mr. Burton? Doing well. I feel like I should have a clown horn or something now that I'm Mr. Fun. Need a little sound effect. It, it would be terrible if you didn't have a clown horn. We can get one for you. <laughs> That's more of a charge sound right there. So I don't know about that one. Uh, we'll work on it. We'll have All it by right. the end of the segment. So we have a big event coming up Thursday, but it is sold out. But there is uh, waiting list tickets. People can find out more about the Los Gatos event at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Uh, so that's a good opportunity for people to you know, play around with your website. But before we completely focus on that, let's switch back to the insurance mistakes. Um, today's a big day for insurance in the United States. We're learning. But insurance is something that we have our whole lives. I refer to debt as something you probably have your whole life. Uh, let's hit insurance mistakes that people are making now and mistakes that people are making in retirement. Yeah, what sparked me to talk about this on uh, yesterday's afternoon show is um, stories are coming out as uh, this Demi Moore. And some people don't remember it. I think probably anybody under 20 may not even know the name unless it's tied to Ashton Kutcher at some point. But she hasn't made movies for a long time. You see, married to Bruce Willis, got $90 million in that divorce, and some say she's worth about $100 million. About a year and a half wow. ago, she had a 21-year-old die in a pool at a party that her 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 children, no, nobody was there. It was kind of like an event put on by an outside something or other at, at one of her locations in Los Angeles. 
So that settlement is kind of coming down the line, and they're looking at issues like how is the house owned? Is it in a trust? Are the bank accounts that are tied to that entity, is it protected? Um, and so that's obviously a reason where if something bad happens, like a wrongful death clause, or suit, rather, um, things like umbrella insurance has to be part of everybody's plan, and you need about two times your net worth in umbrella coverage. So that's kind of wealth mistake, number one, that a lot of wealthy people that I meet don't even have that piece put into play. Um, and, and on the other end of it, a lot of people start their first business, and before they're even making any money, they're like, oh, i got to get an LLC going because of asset protection. And mm-hmm. you know they're the sole person doing all the work, and if they do something wrong, let's say they're uh, you know electrician that's decided to go out on their own and they uh, start an LLC, but yet you're, they're really the only person that's there, and they're wiring causes a fire that kills somebody. I mean, they're still personally liable, so even though they own an LLC, they're the one doing the work. So it's not as simple as people think by having a shelter. Umbrella coverage is really the no-brainer approach to asset protection. But if we go back to even just starting out as somebody that's trying to put food on the table for a couple of kids, um, the first time they go meet with somebody that gets paid on commission, they're always trying to sell them life insurance, right? Yep. I mean, they're because it's so dramatic. What if you die? You're not here to raise your child. And and um, by the way, this thing can create an investment for you too, so you can send that child to college, and it creates cash value. And all of a sudden, people are shoving a bunch of money away into a life insurance policy they can barely afford. It really isn't insuring them enough, and it's because that person that sold it to them makes a higher commission on a permanent policy versus telling that person, you know what, just buy this term policy for very little dollars per month and go you know, save your, for your emergency reserves and get the match in your 401k and start a Roth IRA. You know, that, that's the proper advice, but the person working on commission isn't going to give that to you. Oh, by the way, it's more likely that you're going to be disabled for a short period of time and not be able to put food on the table than it is that you're going to actually die before your life expectancy. So what are you doing for disability insurance? That's another big one. Um, so you, you kind of got to get the basics covered. Um, disability insurance enough to cover your expenses, and that's food on the table and keeping the lights on in your house and paying all those bills. Term life insurance, 10 times your annual income. Um, you know, that, that's that's the easy part, right? Okay. I'm with you. Well, that, that's the, that's part the easy that, part. That's the easy part, but that's the part that I don't even want to do. It's, you know, <laughs> to, to me, I'm like, ah, no one's going to, I'm not going to rear it a car of lawyers. Ah, no one's going to die in my pool. I don't have a pool, but those are all insurances, things that never happened to me. We just hear about it happening to the hot and what sexy Demi Moore. Right. And you, you, you have those friends that you see, you know, all of a sudden in a cast, you think it's going to be a great story about, you know, jumping off a 15 foot cliff at in Tahoe somewhere and and what happened well they just were grabbing something off the top shelf in the closet and they turned to walk out of the closet and stepped wrong and broke their ankle <laughs> it's not a cool story but you know if they're a nurse like my wife when she broke her ankle and was out of work for a while um, and then had another surgery a year later right. and was out of work for a while it, those, those are the kind of things that if there wasn't disability insurance Involved or another person that was working, it could be financial ruin for people. 
Um, so you, you have to cover those 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 what if scenarios. Other mistakes that people make, you know, while they're working is um, being underinsured. They go to a crappy insurance company, or they're not coordinated in their homeowners and their auto policy, and they get coverage for stuff, but it's not full on replacement coverage. It's kind of like repairs, but you have no proof of how great something is, whether it's a railing on a staircase or some other issue. Um, I told the story of my brother that they inherited um, a bunch of jewelry when his father-in-law passed away. Um, it was, you know, a good amount. It was about $15,000 worth, and they they got robbed. And they had not updated their policy. Um, luckily, they had USA, so they're kind of working with them on that. But um, there, there's little things like that when you have a life-changing event, like a death, a new kid, or something, where you should be in meeting with your insurance agency. And if you're not using a USAA, which I love, make sure you're using a person that you're talking to them about your auto home and life and making sure that everything is working together. And you know, if you lease a car, buy a car, make sure there's that gap coverage. Because as okay. soon as you drive that car off the lot, it's worth a heck of a lot less than what you paid for it. And there's been situations, I even this happened to me in college when I got into a wreck on a, the one car that I ever leased. And... Um, I ended up upside down once they replaced that car by about $5,000. So that's how I learned about gap coverage. Um, it was the hard way. So that, that's kind of how we end up learning about these rules. And if you got time, Rob, i got another story of a real tough, hard lesson in insurance. We've got 45 seconds. Do you want to plug the seminar or get in a quick story? Well, the seminar is full, so check that out at chadburton.com or newfocusfinancial.com to get on the wait list. Um, but the person that had refinanced and they only had six months of their uh, insurance and taxes in their escrow account, and then it was supposed to change to direct billing, will travel and work, had them not opening their bills, their insurance on their home expired, and a pipe leaked upstairs causing $80,000 worth of damage. That instead of having insurance, they're not covering out of pocket. So check your mail. Pipes, by the way. Those are always killers in the insurance world. Anyway, it's CFP Chadbert, and you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. You can find me at robblackshow.com. Black now. 800 516 1220. That's 800 516 1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. Kind of feels like the stock market's running a little bit out of steam as far as the bull goes, as it recently celebrated another year to its uh, big run. Stock market pullback or a drop of 5% 
it happens on a regular basis. Yesterday was tiny, today's tiny so far. 5% starts to feel a little bit more real. And, um, you know, 5 can lead to 10. 10 can lead to 20. So, you've seen big corrections in your lifetime if you're over the age of 20. You're going to see more of them. You may not remember them. That's the weirdest part about it all. Is they say that women who have children, that your hormones attack your body so aggressively that you forget the pain of having birth, otherwise you'd never have a second child. Same thing I think goes on with the stock market. When there's a pullback, it feels really uncomfortable. Uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. If you have children in a second marriage, you should get a trust. If you have a home in California, you should get a trust. Uh, we'll talk about trust at our event coming up. You can sign up for the event at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. 800-516-1220. Let's bring in Tony Mendez talk a little Bay Area real estate. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Let's talk about paying off debt in order to get that loan done. Uh, what would stop a loan from getting approved with debt? A high debt ratio. Okay. Uh, Dodd-Frank uh, implemented qualified mortgage rules. Lenders are, are sticking to it. Um, there, you know, there are ways to go over it with better credit, better equity. But for the most part, 43% is what they call the back-end ratio. That's all of your debt combined with the new mortgage payment with your taxes and insurance. So uh, credit card debt, car payment debt, student loan debt, any debt that you have adds to that ratio on a monthly basis. And... Uh, there are lenders now that will allow you to pay off that debt part of a refinance in order to qualify for a loan. So, for example, let's say you have a 50% ratio with all of your debt. You have a $20,000 credit card with a $500 payment on a monthly basis, and you have you know, 25% equity in your home. Well, you could simply refinance. Sometimes you might get a higher rate, hopefully keep the same or lower, and you can get a double benefit here. But for dollar for dollar, that $20,000 is usually $1 for every $3. So it's 60-something percent lower in payment. Yeah, you might go pay interest over a period of time, but it allows you to save money and manage that debt and get that refinance done. This also works where, um, you know, with, with auto loans as well. Okay. I've seen people, I haven't seen anybody do student loans. That would be actually crazy. In some most cases, that, that payment is incredibly low compared to the, the debt balance. Some of them are. Some student debt. You know, if you're not I have seen them creep up recently, uh, yeah. but I still wouldn't. I just don't. I just don't. I feel really uncomfortable unless you're talking to a CFP or a CPA, and th- that guy's calling me and saying, "Hey, this is what we're doing. I've authorized you. You know, this this borrower to do this kind of transaction." Um, you know, this brings up a good point. You know, there's a lot of people that are doing transactions, uh, and they still do transactions over the last few years after you know getting a huge scare of you know and, and a, a reality check and how risky mortgages can be. They're still making transactions without the advice of, uh, you know, their their circle of trust. You know, those those people, the, the CPAs, the CFPs, that, that should be, you know, guiding them through this. Okay. And and I know you agree with this. Is you know that people make some strange money decisions. I saw a guy write off his kids' college tuition on his tax returns. <laughs> you know, it's like we had to wait another year just to get him done because it took away from his income. So people do crazy things. The real estate process is crazy in the first place and don't complicate it by making like they're going to check your taxes now yep. like make sure you have a pdf copy of them um otherwise you're going to be you know xerox and your your brains out so that's one of the things i love about having an accountant is 
you know, he, he CPA, he just does the, you know, PDF and it's always there and it's nice. And it's, yeah. um, a lot of self-employed people need to be with, especially if they're doing a transaction in two years, within two years to go with, go to their CPA and say, um, and their loan agent and have them work together and say, what do I need to qualify for? Cause you don't use your gross income on, on self-employed. You use your net income. Back in the day of liar loans, did you still have to do, um, tax returns? Uh, no, <laughs> no, okay. it was, it was, you basically s- said, I work in this industry okay. and then they, the, you, you'd state an income and then they would, they had a website that they would go to that said, okay, this type of industry to say, I'm a, you know, I'm a plumber for, I'm a master plumber or master electrician. How much does that make in this zip code where you live? And it'll, it'll set up a dollar amount and a scale, a little chart. And if you fall within a certain variance, you, you get the, that you'll allow the income. Crazy liar loans were crazy. One of the, you know, I, I, frustrating situations arise. I refinanced a, a office building that I own, and they wanted to do an appraisal. And what do you think an appraisal would cost? I, I know how much an appraisal costs for a, a commercial property, so okay. it's probably over thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars. Yeah. And it, it's tough because the comparables in that area, nothing sells. It's right next to a courthouse. So once someone buys it, they typically keep it forever. So there's no comparables, and that's why they're jacking up the appraisal fee on it. Um, so they were literally going to do like a, a really personal detailed. Yeah, that's that's something that you, we talked about appraisals and you know, overvalue and and so on. And you know, comparables is a big issue right now with low inventory, um, and that's another reason why people have to be concerned about you know that appraisal. Yeah, thinking about that, you know, the home that I own, it would have tough comparables because it's it's such a unique street. So you go one mile. Yeah. Half a mile, half a mile away, and it ain't the same. It ain't the same community. I, I heard a realtor say that they said, "Well, you're going to pay forty thousand dollars more than the appraised value." He says, "But the but the, the realtor says, but your house now became a comp." <laughs> That's Tony Mendez. You need a loan. You need a refi. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Donald Trump tweeted this morning, and pharmaceutical stocks shook. President Donald Trump jumped into the debate over drug pricing, sending pharmaceutical stocks down again with a tweet promising to lower medicine costs for American people. Um, so you know that you know Myelin Lab got into a lot of trouble last year with their EpiPen, EpiPen allergy shot, uh, but you're seeing companies like Perigo as well. So drug makers are under intense pressure come up with ways to reduce prices amidst outcry from Congress and from customers in the United States. You know, big names here. Allergan, Novartis, Johnson Johnson, Merck, Pfizer. They're trying to look transparent about their prices. So I look at this as potentially a buying opportunity. This, to me, feels like it's news-driven and not necessarily regulation yet. It could be lower if there's regulation. We've always heard about people wanting to cut drug prices. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com.
800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. As it is wont to do, the markets are now focusing on political headlines. And there's some political risk for sure. Joining me now to talk a little bit about that, Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Patrick, I start every day reading your page one commentary, and some things are standing out. Um, there's a little bit of stress out there about the world. How are you doing today? Yeah, hey, Rob. I'm doing fine, thanks. Um, yeah, you're right. I think uh, some of these these macro issues are starting to round uh, back into form here as far as uh, something that the market is is tending to focus more on. Um, clearly, you have the ongoing political uncertainty that's there, but, um, you know, things like the report this morning that, you know, the United States is starting uh, deployment of an anti-missile defense system in South Korea, uh, which China, as you might imagine, isn't too happy about. Um, you had uh, uh, Germany have a report, a very disappointing uh, factory orders report for the month of January. Um, so it's just a factor that makes one think that uh, you know, perhaps the uh, newfound improvement in the Arizona economy might not be sustainable. Um, so, yeah, there's just various factors that are kind of uh, at this point where the market's at, just kind of give people some cause for pause here to see how they shake out before uh, before they make any concerted effort to, I think, extend this market higher. It's kind of funny to think about because you don't think about it. So when you do, it's it's funny to think about that. You know, the anti-missile defense system in South Korea is all about protecting the world, essentially from Kim Jong Il Un in North Korea. I'm not saying he's the last dictator standing, but he's a guy who's threatened to throw nuclear missiles around, and uh, something's going to happen there before he does throw a nuclear missile around. And that could be one of those events that kind of disrupts the stock market for weeks, months, maybe even years. Uh, geopolitical not really thought of a lot as a you know something that can bring down the stock market well it's not at the moment because the market is so seemingly focused on what happens domestically here with tax reform uh, but I think the real challenge comes in is that if you were to get some type of geopolitical event it'd certainly be the first major test to President Trump's leadership uh, and the market would be unclear in terms of what his response might be to something uh, of that nature. Uh, but by extension, if the president is uh, distracted by a geopolitical event, uh, it could potentially uh, lead the market to think that the administration and perhaps those in Congress may end up getting distracted as well, and therefore it would help, you know, would possibly delay the, the, the one thing that this market so desperately wants, which is you know, tax reform and a lot of these pro-growth agenda items. So uh, so that does stand out there as a potential spoiler to this, you know, bull market rally we've been seeing unfold here ever since uh, the uh, election night and something that we uh, need to keep a close eye on. Switching back to the United States, we get President Trump talking about health care reform 2.0. And healthcare stocks are laggards today, and you can find that out just by going to briefing.com, hitting the uh, stock market update, and you can see weakness, healthcare. Uh, other than that, it looks like it would be a pretty good day, maybe. But healthcare in the news with Donald Trump. What are your thoughts on what he's announced so far? Well, uh, you know, we had the House GOP come out and unveil their, their 
repeal and replacement bill for uh, for Obamacare, and it's uh, uh, that in and of itself has created some uncertainty here because you have separate reports of infighting within the House GOP as to whether that really is the right plan to to promote. Um, you have some uh, GOP senators as well that are already you know decrying um, the plan uh, and and haven't even started talking about the Democrats, which <laughs> obviously aren't going to. You know, be on board so much with any type of repeal and replacement of, of Obamacare, and so so it creates this concern that uh, you'll see pushback, uh, and that the process for getting some type of health care reform uh, passage uh, done could be delayed. And and what we've heard from you know high-ranking GOP officials, the president being chief among them, is that you can't get the tax reform until you get uh, health reform completed. And so that's something that's just, you know, dangling out there. Uh, and then on top of it, there were reports that, you know, President Trump has tweeted that uh, uh, drug prices are going to go way down for the American people and that he's going to fight for that. Um, interestingly, I guess this new plan did not include any uh, provision for the government negotiating drug costs. But on the other side of that plan being replay or being unveiled, the president then tweets that he's going to help bring down drug prices. So... Uh, so that's what's weighing uh, principally, I think, on the healthcare sector. If you get the major pharmaceutical stocks as well as the biotech issues, which always seem to uh, be ultra sensitive to any talk of drug price control, and uh, and uh, you know, but I would hasten to add that you know the healthcare sector is down about 0.5 percent right now. So it's not a major sell-off by any means, especially given how far that sector has has run in recent months. But uh, clearly, something that investors seem to be considering there, uh, given the changes that uh, the GOP wants to make. So how many shares of Snapchat do you own? <laughs> I own approximately zero. <laughs> approximately. It's funny because I've been doing financial media for 20 years, and uh, I always tell people that everyone who owns the IPO, you know, before it's launched, has already made money, and that's a tough way to win a battle. Uh, what do you think about the tech state of the IPO and Team Snap or how they've done so far, and uh, they've underperformed is the the answer technically, right? Right. You know, I, I have to uh, be up front and say I haven't really, you know, okay. dug into the whole Snap thing, but uh, I can tell you that um, uh, I was at a dance competition this weekend for my daughter and currently got a lot of questions from individuals who are wondering if they should buy the SNAP IPO and, you know, these are individuals. Uh, some of them were like um, tradesmen and people that you wouldn't normally think would be so engrossed in what's going on in the stock market. And uh, and I, I, I said to them essentially what I think you were just implying is that um, you're not going to get in at the IPO price, number one. <laughs> and number two, uh, there's probably going to be a lot of holders who did get in at that IPO price who would be more than happy to sell you their their stock, which should say something to you about maybe holding off for the time being in terms of trying to get a, get a hold of, of SNAP. But it uh, always gives one you know some reason to be concerned, I think, when you have a, a company coming out trading at 25, 30 times sales uh, and isn't making any money. Um, so it's a great app. It's a great concept, um, but how it translates ultimately into profitability remains very much to be seen. And so it becomes one of those stocks. It's just more of like a uh, a casino trade, basically, is that you're trying to time it right, and and hopefully you're getting in at a point where um, you know someone is, um, where you have an opportunity to maybe make a short term 
you know, stab at things and, and then you get right out. But it's it's not a name really that, you know, I'd be all that interested in chasing at the moment, um, given that, uh, you know, there's no profitability there and, and, um, and there are some concerns about it uh, sustaining its growth rates. I've looked at it a little bit, and it looks to me more like a Twitter scenario where it doesn't really have a moat that it can protect versus a Facebook scenario where it does have a closed system, but that's just quick analysis. What are you working on right now um, to add to this conversation that we probably haven't already hit on? Well, one thing you know, we haven't hit on, of course, is what's going on with the Federal Reserve and its oh, uh, yes. desire. You know, its desire to essentially uh, get the market to be less complacent about the uh, the possibility of a rate hike at the March meeting. And uh, we would agree that the Fed has been very successful in doing that. Um, you can see that in the Fed funds futures market, where uh, when I last checked, I think we were pricing in about an 86 percent probability of a rate hike at the March meeting versus. Uh, roughly 25% only two weeks ago, right? Um, and so the Fed's been very successful in its language, its communication policy, into kind of getting the market to rethink that uh, with the uh, improving economic data you, you've seen of late and the stock market running to record highs, uh, the, the Federal Reserve is certainly feeling, I think, a lot more comfortable about raising rates in March. And so only one last hurdle, perhaps, uh, that could forestall such a rate hike. That's the employment report for February that's coming out on Friday. So I'll be looking at that. But in particular, the average hourly earnings number, um, that's the one that I think uh, is going to be the green light, you know, red light type of uh, indicator for the Federal Reserve when it comes to uh, the March meeting. Um, but I think if we can get something that's just in line with expectations and where the year-over-year growth rate isn't any worse than the 2.5% we saw in January, then I think it's definitely a, a green light go for the Fed in March. It's interesting that we talk like this because I think when the Fed does raise rates, it naturally slows down the economy. But if they raised rates when the economy is slowing, it would slow it down even further. So now it seems to be a good time for them to sneak it out because uh, things seem to be going pretty well on, you know, press releases at least. Well, that and, you know, I think also they have this nice window of opportunity. The stock market is almost essentially telling them to raise rates, right? So even as that right. probability of a rate hike has increased sharply over the last few weeks, the stock market has continued to climb to record highs all along the way with leadership from the cyclical sectors. So that does suggest that the market is comfortable with this notion that the Fed is raising rates for the right reasons at this point in time, and that being that the economy is getting stronger, and because it is, you should see stronger earnings growth. And so you haven't seen any real fallout like we might have seen a year or two years ago from the possibility that the Fed would be raising rates sooner than some people expected. Thanks for your help. As always, it's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Chief Market Strategist, uh, good insights every day on his page one, his big picture on Fridays. Lots of good content for the average consumer out there who wants to learn about investing. Lots of good analysis, lots of good insights, both domestically and internationally at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. Hi, I'm Rob Black. The stock market recently hit record highs, but don't celebrate just yet as retirement is marching ever closer. Most of us have a big fear about what retirement will actually look like. To conquer that fear, you need to take the right steps along the way. Learn winning strategies from me, Rob Black, and certified financial planner Chad Burton at an educational event in Los Gatos on Thursday, March 9th at 6.30. We will cover the building blocks of a successful portfolio and break down the 2017 market outlook. 
You'll also learn how to transition your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, how to minimize tax and retirement, social security strategies, and much, much more. And get estate planning tips for 2017 from attorney Michelle Lerman. That's Thursday, March 9th, 6.30 to 8.30 at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com for just $25 for free for KDOW listeners using the promo code RADIO25. That's newfocusfinancial.com, promo code RADIO25. I need it so bad. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. How are you doing today? Republicans have unveiled a bill to repeal and replace Obamacare. That's one of the big driving stories of the day. And almost instantly, the conservatives are fighting with the establishment Republicans. And the Democrats haven't even started in on the fight. This is exactly what you want if you want nothing to get done. It's kind of what President Barack Obama ran into in his first couple of years, where Nancy Pelosi had a vision, he had a vision, and the Republicans had a different vision. Um, so if you expected a lot to get done under President Donald Trump, you could start feeling it like chances are maybe not as much. So to help people afford insurance, they're proposing a refundable age-based tax credit. The legislation also is going to end a requirement to have coverage and would eventually eliminate a lot of taxes used to fund the 2010 law. Some of these go out 25 years. What? That's a long time. Considering you work from age 20 to 60, that puts you at 45 of your age 20 before those taxes will hit you or come back to you. Some of the taxes, not all the taxes, some of the taxes. Gold's under pressure as the Federal Reserve is definitively hinting at raising interest rates. I would not own gold at this point in time. On one hand, you could argue it's a crazy world out there. Kim Jong, uh, Kim Jong Il Un, uh, talking and throwing missiles around. The United States, at some point in time, is going to spank them. Uh, you won't get away with that, and we'll drop bombs on him quickly, and we'll get him out of power if he's going to start potentially threatening Japan and potentially the West Coast of the United States. So GoPro shares plunge. Again, they've hit an all-time high. No, not an all-time high. I'm so, so sorry. GoPro shares. I just probably made some people very happy. Sorry, but here you are. Very sad. It hit its lowest since it's gone public. So around $8 a share. A lot of challenges. Uh, saturation of its core action cameras. Uh, product rollout issues in the holiday system. Uh, disappointing entry into the drone market. So, could somebody like Apple come in and swoop them up and just add to their consumer product portfolio? Sure, but if if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, oh, what a party we'd have, right? Amazon, this is a strange story. 
But again, it brings up how much we're giving up. And some people I know are freaked out over mail in your mailbox and privacy issues. Uh, I had a bill that I was writing some notes on, and I dropped it. So someone out there has got my mortgage, how much I'm paying, how much I owe. And I'm like, ooh, I'm not as freaked out about that. But you start giving out a little bit piece of information here, a little bit of piece of information there. Amazon handed over Alexa recordings to the police in a murder case. And I've decided with that, I'm not buying an Alexa anytime soon. I'm not the biggest freak when it comes to private information, but knowing that it has the capability of recording, and it's a little bit weird. So, it's a little bit weird. Uh, what if, you know, you've got a friend over, and he goes, I hate Trump, I'm going I wish someone would assassinate him. And next thing you know, your friend gets arrested, right? And it's all because of your Alexa. And that's just an extremely stupid and ignorant example. But you see where I'm going at with that. I don't something I don't like about that. Uh, I don't even like the idea of people reporting DUIs or drunk drivers. And I'll tell you why. Because if someone just you know screams by me and you know, is belligerent and flicking me off or something like that. And I call 911 and report, hey, I saw a drunk driver in that exact car kind of thing. I don't like that. Like, I could ruin a person's life. It could be just a, you know, a snarky thing to do. Um, And again, you know, I know someone who yesterday was followed. Uh, She's got a sick dog in her car. So when she pulls out, she goes really slow because the dog has frail bones. And someone basically thought she was cutting him off, following her around for five, ten minutes. I'm like, why didn't you call the police? And why didn't you like get you know a car description? You don't think about that at that time. You think about the safety of your dog. You think about the safety of you. I'm like, you're two minutes from a police station. Um, but people are crazy out there, is what I'm saying, and I don't like it. I don't like it. So Trump tweets today that he's working on a system where there's going to be competition in the drug industry. I hope he could do that. It certainly sounds nice, but I don't like the concept in any way, shape, or form. So let's just say you're taking Viagra, and it's $10 a pill, right? And the insurance company will charge $12 because they want you to do the deductible, and they want you to like help cover the costs. I want more Viagra's. I want more cures for Propecia, for baldness. I want cures for cancer. And whatever price they want to charge, I can determine if I want to do it or not. Now, I think our health care system, I think we should only insure truly disastrous scenarios, not universal health care. I don't think I should be getting my Viagra covered. I don't think I should be getting my Propecia covered in health care. I think I should only insure a heart attack and cancer, maybe a broken bone. Um, and then I'd like to negotiate with my doctor. Hey, doc, can you write me a, a script for this? Um, and he could, you know, post prices on his wall for how much it costs to, uh, the marijuana industry does it, where, you know, if you go in and you say, oh, my eyes are strained and my back hurts, you know, it's going to be $135 to get a prescription for marijuana. Uh, so that's kind of how that works in my head. Anyway. Nintendo Switch is the fastest-selling console ever for Nintendo. Domino's saw their same-store sales rise 12%. Stunning quarter. They've got a great app. 
Spotify hits 50 million paid subscribers. People are excited by that. And ESPN's going to cut a lot of their on-air roster. That's telling you that the economics of live sports are unsustainable. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.